Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. This is going to be our last episode recording of 2021, and I'm excited uh-huh. to have with us to finish up the year. Um, Elizabeth uh, Dewar Anthony, say hello. Hey, it's an honor to be here. Glad to have you here, and I know you go by Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just make that clear. Beth, why don't you um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us um, how you got into dentistry. Well, I got into dentistry by accident. I had graduated with a bachelor's degree in English with a minor in theater arts and was working at a Pier 1 Imports, and uh, a nice man came through my line and bought this Charlie Chaplin poster that I admired. And uh, I said, oh, I love that poster. He said, I'm going to hang it in my office. I said, oh, you have an office? Would you like to give me a job? And, you know, I was just telling him about my phone skills were wonderful and everything. He said, we are looking for a receptionist. So he gave me his card, and I went for the interview, and he hired me. He was a dentist. That is how I got into dentistry. I, I really honestly thought I was going to be a rock star or an actress. And uh, there I was at Pier 1 Imports, and that's how I got into dentistry. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, um, you know, I love asking that question because, you know, there's so many times where, oh, my dad and my uncle and my grandmother and my cousin and whoever was a dentist, and we hear that type of thing. And then we hear these too. That's fantastic. So tell us, how did you get from from that day to where you're at now? Um, so I went to dental hygiene school. I, f- I found out that, uh, that we had a local program, and I went to dental hygiene school and graduated. And I started working in the office as a dental hygienist. And these were the same people I had known uh, when I was working the desk and sure. something I realized was uh, sometimes people are uh, kind of crabby, you know, and um, I began to, and at first, you know, I was a lot younger and I would, you know, be nice on the outside, but be seething on the inside because I was, you know, interpreting these people's behaviors as a personal assault on me. Sure. And sometimes people are actually like grabbing, you know, hand grabbing and stuff like that. And um, I realized that, wow, well, people a lot of times will come into the dental setting uh, kind of crabby. And what's up with that? And I, um, I became interested in that. At the same time, I was also on a personal journey of self-improvement, learning about stuff like trauma and... Um, so I just kind of was started to connect the dots and things I learned about myself, I was able to apply to my patient interactions. And that's how I, um, how I got started, but it was a good, and I started that about 20 years ago and I wrote it. I even wrote a book about it in 2013. And now I have to write another book because since then, when I became an orofacial myofunctional therapist, the pieces really fit together because I understood, oh my gosh, it's their airway. That's the trauma. I knew there was an initial trauma and that people were having a, like a PTSD sort of experience, and but I never could place the initial trauma. Now I know. They're trying to breathe. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't believe anyone ever gets to where they're at on their own, it, right? Good or bad. If somebody is, quote, you know, a jerk, right? If they're just a, right. a jerk or a mean person or, or whatever, they didn't get there by themselves. They didn't just decide one day right. Right. to be a jerk. Something in their life or something that happened to them or that's happening to them or whatever caused them or was part of helping them, you know, get to where they're at. That doesn't mean people aren't responsible for their actions. They certainly are. So, Talk to me a little bit about how you help, right? Because you're you're what you're saying is that you know these these patients have issues that are going on. That it's not a personal vendetta against you or a dentist or, or who ha- who whoever. But how do you heal? How do you deal with this? Like, how do you actually build that relationship and and, and help that person not be a jerk? Well, the first thing is it it starts with me. Okay, I am in charge of my reaction to any situation. And the best thing I can do is to approach the, the, this person with as, as little judgment as possible and as much positivity as possible. Um, I named, I, I called my philosophy uh, serenity. It's a combination of serenity and dentistry. So I try to maintain a base level of serenity so that I can approach patients uh, non-judgmentally, and you know, if they immediately present with, you know, provocative behaviors, I I cannot I can I have the choice to not react. And um, but what I found is these patients that other providers complained about, when I approached them, I didn't have any problems. So I began to really recognize that how the patient is approached makes a huge difference in the whole interaction. Um, And I learned to recognize signs of, you know, patients that could possibly, you know, be a challenge. And so I, you know, I learned how to get myself calm. And I also uh, learned to observe, not judge. Sure. So give me a couple of tips. A patient comes in, uh, they get in the chair, and hygienist meets them, assistant meets them, and right from the start, they're just ordinary, right? So right. give me a couple of things that you can do to, to kind of disarm that situation and maybe turn it around quickly. You know, that um, you, when you um, open the door to the, re- the reception room, okay, and the patient's sitting there, and if they're, if they're like this... Sure. Arms crossed. Okay. Arms crossed. They're in a defensive mode. Sure. So I have to lower my voice. Hey, even if I'm having a terrible day. Hi, Mr. Jones. We're all ready for you. Come on back. Hey, how you doing? Come on back. A friendly greeting is, will automatically get things off to a better start. Sure. But you know, what happens is, you know, professionals who will look out into the waiting room, see that the patient's defensive and react defensively to their defense. And then it just goes down, down, down. What if you have to have a hard conversation? What if you, you know, you do everything you can to kill them with kindness, right? right. We all know that expression. And you're, you're on your A game as far as how, how kindly you're treating someone, Mm -hmm. how compassionate, and it's just not going anywhere. And you got to get to a point where maybe you need to talk to the patient like, Hey, you're not being so nice to us and we're here trying to help you. How do right. you, is that conversation something that you should do if, if obviously all else has failed? 
Yes. And the best way to have that sort of a conversation is to sit down, get eye to eye with the patient and lower your voice. When I bring down my vocal tone, the whole thing comes down. Sure. Yep. So I can sit and, and just, you know, say what I observe. Um, Gee, Mr. Jones, I, what I'm observing is that you're, um, uh, you know, you, that you're not having a good time, that you seem very upset. You know, I can all, I'm always free to state what I see and how I feel about it. And then it's up to the patient. Sure. Yeah. Now you do, but you do, um, you work with dentists, right? You work, you help. We do um, speaking um, mm-hmm. engagements, what have you. Um, if if you're in a practice and you just really struggle, and I think there's, if when we're honest with ourselves, right, as a dental community, right. there's a lot that are struggling with. Hey, they just yes. can't deal with one more angry patient. I'm just right. having a or, you know, I see this online a lot. Like, oh yes, how so, yes. This, how should I expel this patient, right? Yeah, like, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. But the thing is, right. they're going to go someplace else, and that someplace else might be you. So, right, you're going to, right. It's, it's just going to become someone else's problem. And some days that problem is going to become your problem. Right. And round and round. You're right. It becomes kind of like a risk pool of expelled patients. Right. Who's going to get them right. next, right? Right. And, yeah. and these people have, what I try to remember is, um, I always try to remind myself that, you know, Mr. Jones isn't a jerk. Mr. Jones is fearful presenting as hostile, fearful presenting as belligerent. Hostility and belligerence and those sorts of things are almost always a front for fear. And the fear comes from their airway. So patients who refuse x-rays and patient, those sorts of things, if you look, look in their mouth. They have huge tori. Look at their last set of bite wings. If they can't close their mouth on a set of bite wings, that's a good indication to me that, okay, this is going to be a challenge. And personally, my personal philosophy is patient autonomy. And um, if a patient, and you know, I hear people complaining about patients dictating treatment, but the patient is in charge. The patient is the one who it's this, it's the first ethical principle, patient autonomy. It's the patient's decision. What happens to them? Not mine. I think in, I think anywhere in healthcare, people should want the patients to be in charge. Like they, they literally should want the patient making decisions and being active and engaging in that. It doesn't mean that the patient shouldn't be, you, you want patients that are smart enough to know that the, who the expert in the room is, but I, I believe that so hardly. I think if people aren't making decisions about their own health, they're, they're not healthy. Well, um, and so what are these, so these non-compliant a patient who refuses, uh, so we take a, we say take a set of bite wings every year because the, really because the insurance covers them. Sure. So it's become, we just do it because that's how we've always done it. 90% of patients are going to just go along with it because that's that's what we do. But really, right. what's that about? You know, and patients who, you know, refuse x-rays and then they get, um, and the, pro- the provider gets uh, angry and offended. Why? That, that That's their right. 
You sure. get, that's supervised neglect. You got to get that patient out of there. I personally think that supervised neglect is a phrase that was coined by litigation, by lawyers and, uh, you know, people who have a vested interest in um, keeping dentists afraid. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly, as a dentist, you wouldn't go see your family physician. And if you're, you know, your family's physician said you could do this, this and this, and, you know, you say no to them. If they responded that way to you, you'd be appalled. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely makes sense. So let's say, you know, Beth, in, in your travels and your experience, if, if a practice is looking for someone to help them um, with these types of issues with patients, how, how would they go about, what do you think is the best way to vet um, an expert and find someone to work with them to help with them? You know, I don't know that there are a lot of um, people who would go to an office and, and train an office in this sort of thing. Um, I would imagine that uh, the person, you know, you would hire this consultant to come. They would come to the office and just get everybody together. And the very first uh, thing it would be to let's everybody just calm down. Let's everybody just. And, um, you know, get and then, you know, lay out the information. These patients you know, here's how the airway works. Here's when you have a patient who's a mouth breather and you're trying to put something in their mouth, they're, 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 it's a reflex. Their tongue is coming up reflexively. They're not trying to do it to make your job harder. And, uh, just so, you know, something like that, but I don't know that there's maybe, maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. I write about it and I talk about it, but, um, I've never really considered, uh, you know, offering that sort of a service interesting yeah yeah so maybe something you should consider Beth, i wanted to thank you i know our time's short here i wanted to thank you so much for coming on today sure um, i think our audience can certainly take away um some things to help and i think some great practical information i appreciate it absolutely beth come back anytime sure thank you for joining us on today's episode did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on facebook Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.